Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by DraftKings. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Penick, and we've got ourselves a Week 3 Falcons preview on the brink of 1-2. and two. We are not on the brink of 0-3. We are on the brink of 1-2, and because we're going to win this game. Um, so we're going to have a preview. we got Will McFadden of, of the Believe Falcons uh, podcast coming on to join us later, and then Danny King will be coming on to do our fantasy draft, Giant Factors, and Quick Picks. And also, um, well, actually, Eli Manning won't be on the show. He decided to go on all the lesser ranked uh, <laughs> podcasts uh, than Talking Giants. So, you know, I like, you know, that's what Eli's about. He's about the the little guy. And I, I, I appreciate him supporting the little guys. Justin, how are you doing? So so now it's become that if we were to ever interview Eli Manning, it's not as significant as it once was one week ago. No. Well, it, if it would depend how it happens. It's just basically we're not media scum. So we didn't get like the, like, all right, you know, the, the Eli Manning press tour. I mean, it was everybody. Literally every single every single one that had a beat writer on it, basically. Yeah. yeah. But we're not that. I'm good. Um, I'm not going to let you get out of asking me how I am because I always have to tell you how I am because I'm an egotistical person. This was a very long week. A very, very long week. It was a weird week. Thursday night football threw me off that, you know, I'm trying, you know, we're trying to get into a routine here of, you know, this is my first year full time. So I'm trying to get into like a good working routine. And this week threw me off of having that extra day of like, all right, thinking about the Giants and waiting for Friday, wanting it to be Football Friday, but it's finally here. It's Football Friday, and I couldn't be more excited to get to one and two. All right, so we're going to get into the preview in a second. But first, this episode is brought to you by Mark in England. I mean, that's literally his name. I don't know if his last name is in England, but that's what that. it says. Will Gags, which I'm pretty sure Yikes. is a fake name, right? No, I, I believe it. Eric uh, Pearlberg. Um, that's kind of a cool name, and then just Kevin, no name Kevin, reminds me of the the white pe- uh, people humor in Florida man Instagram. Kevin, all right, Justin, who are those people? Real quick, who are these people? patreoncom slash giants are some of our favorite people in the world. They went to that website, and for two dollars a month, you can sign up to support us. Plus, you get some fun perks. You get to watch us while we record the shows live. Bobby will send you a free magnet, and twice a month, you get to enter into some shirt raffles. patreoncom slash giants Let's talk about these Falcons. How we're gonna beat these birds. All right, so they are also 0-2, and I think a lot of people view them as the worst team on our schedule, and when I look at the schedule, I do. Like, I view them as the worst team on our schedule. You know, if you get beat by the Eagles that badly, I, I'm going to think lesser of you because of what we think the Eagles are going to be this year. Now, they made it competitive versus Tampa Bay at the end, but, you know, they were getting blown out. They made it close, and then Tampa Bay blew them out at the end of it, you know, ended up winning by 20, 20-something points. And I guess we could talk about their offense first because that's where all the names are on the Falcons, and the the Falcons have Matt Ryan, and Matt Matt Ryan's arm is not what it once was. No, 
and it's it's not there in his arm and it's not there in the scheme like i watched some film on them and and you have some stats on them they are not trying to for- push the ball downfield it's not like they're trying to push it and and matt ryan's just not able to make the throws or not trying to make the throws like their scheme is very like 15 yards or less on on their routes you know it kind of reminds you of drew Brees, but not being as good as drew Brees with matt ryan um, but they do have weapons, so you can't just you can't just you know blink at Matt Matt Ryan, who at one time was the MVP quarterback, very smart, and he's got some weapons in Ridley, Pitts, and and Patterson. Yeah, um, you know his average time to throw so far this year is is two point six three seconds, which is relatively quick. But still, I mean, I think that's enough time, especially when you consider that Matt Ryan's not a mobile quarterback. You know, if he can stand in there and you can get him holding the ball for more than two and a half seconds, hopefully. Our pass rush can actually step up this week. His average intended air yards per pass attempt is 4.8 yards. I mean, we thought Daniel Jones was bad last year. At least Daniel Jones was around, you know, seven to seven and a half last year. I mean, that's, I mean, your your average intended air yards is less than half of a first down, which is kind of crazy in today's NFL. Um, and his CPOE is minus 3.4. So even though, you know, his completion percentage is somewhat high, it's 69%. percent Yeah, know, like, nice. like he's, he's, yeah, nice. He's completing a ton of his passes, but he's just not getting the ball downfield. And again, yeah. it's the scheme as well. Like I went, you know, I was going through some of their all twenty-two fans. I was like, man, they are just not even trying to push the ball downfield. Like they're not trying to create any spacing. Like I guess they know the limitations of Ryan and they want him going through his progressions. And here's something I'm looking for this week. Something I noticed that Matt Ryan struggled with versus Tampa. Outside linebackers, D lineman dropping back in the coverage. Mm. He almost got caught a, a few times on that. And you guys, wide receiver killed on, on one round, and then there was one time where even Vita Vea dropped back in the coverage and it kind of screwed up Ryan. He ended up completing a pass, but like you could tell, he was ready to pull the trigger. And then there's Vita Vea sitting in a coverage area where he's not. So the Giants, who have their outside linebackers of Aziz Ojolari, Lorenzo Carter, and even you know once or twice a game will drop back Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams just to cover his own, not to play yep. coverage, but cover his own. And uh, and you know, ruin a read from the QB, like that's where I'm expect. Like I'm not expecting, but like if there was a game that that would happen, that was it because it's so short area based. You got to cover the short area zones, you know. Um, but you also want to, you know, you can, you want to take chances, and the way you do that is by you know you blitz, and you're thinking, oh my gosh, you're gonna have Kyle Pitts wide open on a drag. Nope, actually our outside linebacker from the backside popped in that zone, and it's not there, and it ruins your timing, and that leads to sacks or turnovers yeah and for how much i liked matt hennessy coming out of temple um the dude is still listed under 300 pounds and i know um you know the defense tackle on tampa um vea is one of the you know he's one of the strongest d tackles in the national football league but dexter lawrence should have a field day on on matt hennessy like put dexter lawrence on the center and see if you can, you know, scheme up on the defensive side of the ball or, you know, the way that you're able to call, you know, how defensive linemen, how you run stunts or whatever, get the guard going off the center and have Dexter Lawrence, you know, I know Leonard Williams, sometimes that's not his main job, but have Dexter Lawrence and have these guys get one-on-one situations with Matt Hennessy and just bull rush his ass, bull rush his ass. I mean, that, this should be the game where more than, Leonard Williams, but this should be the game where Dexter Lawrence should once again be making eye-popping plays on the tape this week. That's also an ask that I have. Yeah, and you know, with their weaknesses, their offensive line, but at the same time, our weakness is our is our edge group on defense. But our weakness isn't the interior defensive line. Like Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence make plays. You know, and you mentioned Vita Vea. Look at the numbers the last two years. Dexter Lawrence has been better than Vita Vea. 
I think the Giants are going to start bringing the safety down into the box a little more and, and playing some plus one boxes, which they weren't doing a ton. Um, and especially especially with everything being so short area, like concerned with the with the Falcons offense. Like, you know, Calvin Ridley has 12 catches for 114 yards and a touchdown, less than 10 yards per catch so far this season without Julio Jones. So, you know, he's declared number one now. But like, do those numbers wow you? I mean, people are disappointed in Kenny Galladay. That's 12 more yards than what Kenny Galladay has on the season without having a Sterling Shepard type guy on the team, you know? That's without, like, their wide receiver group after Cal- Calvin Ridley is a joke, you know, especially Russell Gage is out. Yeah. Like, like their, 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 their number two wide receiver is, uh, his name is, like, something Zacchaeus, like, Omade Zacchaeus. Like, never heard of him in my life. Yeah. With Ridley, I, I either want R- Bradbury following him and playing him up and tight or doubling him. Like, I, I could see this a game where you double, you kind of give, you double Ridley. And you focus, you let Bradley shut down, uh, or Bradley, Bradbury shut down one side, and you kind of focus on, on uh, you know, let ev- other guys just kind of win their matchups while keeping an eye on Pitts. Yeah, absolutely. How would you attack Pitts? Well, that's the reason why Pitts is such a great player. It's because it's, they're really, like, I don't really have an answer for that. But here's what I will say is don't attack him the way you didn't know a fan. Don't be putting Jabril Peppers in on him one-on-one, you know, lining up three, four yards off the ball with no help inside or outside. Like, you know, they I think they did a good job versus Logan Thomas, uh, you know, when they were running verticals, like that's different than, than uh, uh, you know, covering a player. But it was like, you know, you have Peppers playing outside leverage and he goes on an inside drag driver out. Well, now you got Tay Crowder following along with that and that turns into double coverage or, you know, if if it's, you know, if like it's just play, like play leverages, like no... Re- kind of focus your defense on him a little bit. And that's why, you know, what I said, talking about doubling Ridley, I wouldn't double Ridley. I would just put Bradbury on him and let Bradbury win that matchup, you know. And, you know, after watching the film, I'm a lot less disappointed in Bradbury than I was, you know, watching the TV copy because it's like, oh, he was kind of playing really far off. That Like, I blame coaching for that. Yeah, and his numbers weren't even bad. Like, Terry McLaurin had a Terry McLaurin day. He didn't go insane bananas. You know, he didn't have... You know, a big play like he had last year when we were playing in Washington where he had a big, explosive play. But for um, Bradbury, I mean, he had 110 yards and a touchdown. Who? McLaurin. Not according to the coverage stats. Well, a couple uh, of couple catches were versus other guys, but, like, McLaurin yeah. went for 110 and a touchdown. You know? Yeah, well, Terry McLaurin had a Terry McLaurin day. and when, But I'm specifically when Bradbury was going up against him, it wasn't, it wasn't anything like, wow, that's – terrible on james bradbury it was you know graham acknowledged it kind of today he's like you know graham said i need to be better which again coach speak in coaches press conferences you know when you're 0 two you can't really take much from it but you know I, I i'm confident that graham realizes that hey playing our guys 10 yards off the ball when you're playing when you're paying these corners you know tens of millions of dollars in free agency the last two off seasons that's not the best to move let's trust him a little bit more and i think brett i think patrick graham will figure it out a little bit you know like this, like they didn't play that soft zone a ton versus Denver, you know this idea that they've just been sitting back in soft zone and not adjusting. Like you, you mean they blitzed a ton versus Denver. They played man coverage versus Denver. And they got beaten on it a few times. You know, doesn't mean they weren't playing any zone, but like like no team besides the Baltimore Ravens does that. You know, so yeah. it's like it's like you have to comp- like you you see zone. You're like, oh, they played cover three thirty percent of the time, but it's like, look, hey, look at what the rest of the league's doing. You know, you know when people talk about cover like two high safeties, people are like. Well, they didn't like. I only saw him running two high safeties a third of the time. Well, it's like, well, the the top of the league last year ran at forty five percent of the time, so a third of the time is a very high amount. Um, so I, I do think Patrick Graham will make some adjustments. 
their X-Factor type player, Cordero Patterson, who is taking a very serious role in their offense. Had a good game versus Tampa uh, for the season. He's got 14 carries, 65 yards, a touchdown, 7 catches, 71 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, and he could have had another one. I'm not really worried about him, to be honest. No. You know, Patterson's been in this league for a long time. He's coming off one of his better games as an offensive player, but that doesn't negate everything else that he's done. You know, we played him last year on the Bears. He had 7 carries for 25 yards. That's pitiful. You know, he had 2 catches for 8 yards, and that was on 14 snaps. You know, so they, they gave him the ball nine times on 14 snaps. Last week, he played 24 snaps. So it's not like he's revitalized his career as his full-time running back. And he's, you know, he's totally changed his game. And he's, he's like, finally becoming that offensive weapon. Like, I wouldn't, I, you know, you've got to pay attention to him. you got to know where he is on the field. But Patterson, just because he came off that good game, I'm not really worried about him more so than Ridley or Pitts. Yeah, I feel like because he's Cordell Patterson and because, you know, he has a lot of big plays in his, um, you know, in his career, I think most of them on special teams. I think every single year and every single new team that he goes to, that team hurts themselves and shoots themselves in the foot because they force the ball to him. Like, you, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, but to, to Atlanta's credit, they did well with him in week two, you know. Um, yeah. But it's, I just don't expect to him for him to have that type of game every game, you know. Right. And also, Tampa, their gift is their curse, is where they run a lot of cover zero, cover one blitzes. And they leave guys, they don't have great corners and they leave them on islands. And, and, you know, you blitz first the wrong run play and you're giving up a big play, you know, and that's why, you know, I think our, one of Jason Garrett's best game call plans was against Tampa Bay. Cause it's like, okay, you, you call, you called, you know, you took shots, you know, and we scored points in that game and Jones even had a really bad game in that game. So Tampa Bay's defense is really good, but it, it can be taken advantage of. Anything else on their offense you want to touch up on besides Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams need to win in this game? They need yeah. to be they need to be beasts up front. Yeah, they do. Um, Wayne Gallman, RB three. They're going to give him a rep or two because it's the Giants. But I don't, you know, Mike Davis is their RB one. Cordero's their number two. But a Wayne Gallman touchdown would, I mean, it would it would it would be kind of it would be some salt in the wound. Wayne Gallman scores a touchdown before. Danny State doesn't pick Wayne Gallman in the fantasy draft. He's a he's a he's a fraud. Yeah. All right. Um, defensively on their team, they don't have, you know, they don't have very many good players. You know, they got Grady Jarrett as a defensive tackle. Uh, Dante Fowler's a decent edge player, but like their best corner, AJ Terrell, is probably going to be out in this game. They, you know, some of their better players and Keanu Neal and Demonte Casey, like went to, they followed Dan Quinn over to Dallas. Some of their their safeties. They are not very good in their undisciplined defense. So I want us. I want our offense. Our offense had a good game versus Washington. Like it was a good game versus Washington. Twenty nine points scored. Could have had more. Don't attack. And I I know Daniel Jones wasn't playing versus Seattle. But what frustrated me versus Seattle was like their defense is bad because they're undisciplined. And undisciplined teams give up big plays. So you have to attempt to give up big plays. Force them to make mistakes. You know, and that's what. The Darius Slayton drop touchdown was forcing them to make a mistake. You know, they were playing four deep. You're not supposed to go deep versus four deep coverage, quarters coverage. But that safety jumps up because they're playing four deep. So safety has to be a little more aggressive in things. Take those shots, you know. And I might just I might just talk about Kenny Galladay a little bit later on in the episode. Oh, okay. Um, but I'm expecting Kenny Galladay to have a big game against the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, uh, this is more or less a game for the Giants where offensively you have to look in the mirror at yourself rather than look past that mirror at your actual opponent. And, you know, 
Yes, this is me discrediting the Atlanta defense because they're not good. Um, frankly, they've been around the same level um, EPA-wise as the Giants defense in terms of how well teams have been able to move the ball, and that's uh, pretty damn good if, <laughs> if you ask me. So, you know, don't just rest on your laurels. The fact that, you know, 10 days ago you scored 29 points and... You know, maybe, you know, maybe you feel, oh, we feel good about their offense. We feel good about the way we can move the ball. Maybe we can go a little bit more conservative. No, you got to, you know, keep the foot on the throttle. You know, keep going. You know, score more than 30 points this game. You know, it doesn't matter what your defense is doing. It should be no matter what the game script is looking like, it should be a goal for the Giants offense to score 30 points this game. No matter what. Whether it's a shootout or whether it's, uh, you know, hopefully the defense can kind of pick it up again. Yeah, they haven't scored 30 points on the Jason Garrett era. Shut us up. Stop that talking point. And I give Garrett credit. You know, there's still a lot of things I kind of hate about the way they attacked on offense versus Washington, but it was way more aggressive. You know, it, it was a much more aggressive game plan um, where they were doing high to low reads. And I think with the addition of Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Tony might force their hands in that a little bit. Because, like, you know, we got to get these two dudes involved. You know, you can't just leave these guys as distractions. Attack this game like you're expecting the Falcons to put up 30 points. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like that's the way I that's the way I think the Giants should come out of the gates. Is like this treat this Falcons team like they're going to score 30 points because they're capable. Like they, you know, we just talked about their offense, but their offense is capable. They have a lot of weapons, and just because they haven't been great the first two games doesn't mean they can't break out this week. Um, you know, versus the Giants. I mean, do we think Teddy? You know, Teddy Bridgewater actually Teddy Bridgewater has been moving the ball downfield, um, pretty well all year. But take shots. I mean, they're you know. Take advantage in the run game. They're of undisciplined ga- playing the gaps the wrong way. Like, let's get some big runs out of Saquon. You know, like Saquon. If Saquon doesn't perform like sooner or later, this is going to turn into like everybody in the Giants fan base and stuff being like, you know, like whether no matter what you think of the the 2018 pick, there's going to be like, all right, like he's not special right now. You know, because yep. these, these first two weeks, he has not been a special player. And we've given him, you know, we're giving him some time. He's coming back from injury. But at the same time, it's like, all right, this is the third game of the year. You're coming off a, a 11 days rest. It's time to roll, my man. Like, guys come back from the ACL and they play well. So, you like, you can't have 141-yard carry and then average two two yards per carry on the rest of them. Yep. Here, so, here's my, here's my question to you. Because... This defense and this Falcons defense, you know, oh, they give up 120, 140 yards on the ground per game, which I hate how that's a talking. I I always hate how that going into a game, it's a talking point of like, oh, this team, they're a bad run defense. You should be able to establish the run. But that's a whole problem with the NFL community. You talk about establishing the run and how that's actually important. So do you want to see an approach that's somewhat conservative where you want the Giants to quote unquote establish the run? Because I think you are a person that does believe that. Or do you want them to kind of come out firing early down aggressiveness with Daniel Jones like they did against Washington? Both. You know, throwing the ball on first down is something we talk about a ton. Throwing the ball on first down, getting the, and then running the ball. It doesn't mean, like, I don't want us to bend, like, throw the ball and run the ball. Have, you know, a 60-40 balance. You know, there's no reason not to in this game unless you fall behind. You know, now if they start adding plus one into the box every time and giving us bad run fronts, then no. But they're not going to do, you know, they haven't done those those first two weeks. So, you know, run the rock. You know, I'm not sitting there saying, go, you know, run the ball first down, second down type of thing. But certainly not abandon it, you know. Like force those safeties to come up and try and, and play versus the run, you know. And that helps you take some shots. So, yeah. you know, it's it's I, I would attack it the way you would kind of 
most teams, you know, yeah. like it's, it's a, it's, they have a bad defense. You know, there's, there's nobody on that defense that puts in any fear on you. There's no pass rushers of Vaughn Miller and Bradley Chubb that put any fear in you. Um, you know, you don't have Duran Payne and Jonathan Allen in the middle. There's really no one on that defense who fears you. Like Dante Fowler is a good player, but Andrew Thomas should outperform Dante Fowler. Um, and if he's, if he's lining up on Nate Solder, well, Nate Solder should be able to wash him around the corner and Jones should be able to step up in the pocket. So, um, you know, we sh- we should be able to move the ball kind of not at will, but the way we want to in this game yep. where it's not abandoning the pass, but also, you know, not pounding the rock and trying to control clock or anything. Andrew Thomas, left tackle, Bredesen, left guard, Price, center, Hernandez, right guard, and then Nate Solder at right tackle. So, no, you, you, you had this uh, tweet, no starter for the majority from the 2020 season because Will Hernandez was not a starter towards the second half of the 2020 season. Besides Andrew Thomas, he's the only one left. Yeah, Cam Fleming gone, Kevin Zeitler gone, Nick Gates gone, Shane Lemieux. I guess we could talk about that a little bit. Shane Lemieux is out for the year. Yeah. Um, that's for, you know, it, it sucks. He looked like he got better, you know, and, and I think interior offensive linemen can get better um, significantly more than tackles can, you know. Um, he looked like a better player, you know, and think about all the interior offensive linemen that Giants have had, NFL teams have had, who get better from year one to year two. You know, and it was why I was never panicked about Lemieux. I would have certainly been willing to upgrade over him, but I – Lemieux never scared me playing at that left guard spot. Like, I thought he had a path to becoming a decent pass blocker, and he was always a good run blocker. So, um, you know, if there's three guys on this O-line where you were like, hey, these are the guys I want going forward, it was Andrew Thomas, Shane Lemieux, and Nick Gates. And, uh, you know, um, I think the Gates career-ending talking point got a little overblown. I think that was Jones or Judge just not ruling anything out, you know, because it is very early in the in the process, but... Uh, you know, I, I think Gates is, it's going to be a journey, but he's going to come back, you know, and then yeah. Shane Lemieux will be, Shane Lemieux will be back eventually, just not Absolutely. this season. Um, anything else you want to hit on before we kick it to the interview? No, I'm excited to hear this interview and I'm even more excited to hear Danny King. Week two of football in the books. And now it's time to review the tape. We've done a lot of reviewing the tape and get ready for week three with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off another action packed week, DraftKings is giving new customers instantly when they bet $1 in any football game. Listen up, because you don't want to miss this. Head to DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 on any week one game to receive $150 in free bets instantly. If Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes. Up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code JOHNBOY to receive $150 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code JOHNBOY with this week's DraftKings Sportsbook. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner in the NFL. You must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook. For details, game product, call 100Gambler and earn in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. And now, Will McFadden, of the Believe in Falcons podcast. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. All right, we now welcome on of the Believe Podcast Network, the Believe in Falcons podcast, Will McFadden. Will, uh, 
glad to have you on. And we are two people that are covering 0-2 teams that if they lose on Sunday <laughs> might be just at the at the brink of, of destruction. Uh, how, how are you? Oh, man. Well, like uh, the past couple of seasons have trained me for for this. So uh, unfortunately, it's it's not where I think either of us wanted to be or all of the people listening. But, um, you know, there's always hope tomorrow, I guess. Maybe more so for the Falcons because because they're kind of like re in year one of the reset, I guess. But I mean, how do you feel as a Giants fan right now? Well, that's I was talking to some Falcons uh, people last night about that. And it was like you guys are re- like you guys are restarting, you know. Um, you know, you still have Matt Ryan and, and, um, you know, but he has that huge contract. So I kind of understand them staying with him where we are. It's like, all right, this is year four new G of the GM. You <laughs> yeah. know, the, we got guys that he drafted are on the last year of their contract. You know, we spent a ton of money. We're like top five are using cap. And so now we are in full, like, like brink of disaster mode. And we have Atlanta <laughs> this week. So, you know, I know you guys aren't maybe the worst team ever, but it's like a team that if we lose to, it's like, okay, stuff has to get torn down quick we might be doing what the falcons did last year and just doing it mid-season see that's that's really interesting because i was actually um talking to somebody yesterday and because from a falcons perspective this is the first game of the season where you kind of know i think where you stand in relation to the other team and you actually should feel like you are the more talented team going into this matchup and there's a little bit of the caveat i guess with the eagles and and i know we'll probably get to that game uh in a little bit because obviously see them twice a year so there's some familiarity but the eagles are much like the falcons and they're starting over as well so you didn't really know what you were going to get in that week one matchup obviously the eagles looked really good week two you're playing tampa bay they're the defending super bowl champions and probably going to be one of the best teams in nfl history like over the course of the 17 game season with the numbers they put up and this is the game i think if you're a falcon you're going into saying okay we should win this matchup but it sounds like the Giants are kind of looking at the Falcons a little bit the same way. Yeah, yeah. So and and so you mentioned the Eagles. You know, like you know, I'm not going to ask too much about what the Bucks did because we're not the Bucks offensively <laughs> or defensively. But the Eagles, you know, they were looked at as like this clearly worst team in the NFC East going into this year in a, in a weak division. What did the Eagles do that led to success? Because I remember watching Week One and being like looking over at that scoreboard and said, "Oh wow, the." the Eagles are kind of handling the Falcons. What did they do that led to success? I mean, a lot of it was Jalen Hurts, really, just kind of making making plays. I, the Falcons didn't weren't very disciplined, I think, with their run fits, um, setting the edge, maintaining um, their, their key roles, their gaps on those zone read plays. And Jalen Hurts just broke contain a, a few key times. And then offensively, I mean, their front four, just wrecked Atlanta's offensive line. I mean, everybody came away from that game thinking that that rookie Jalen Mayfield was just maybe the worst offensive player in the league. And he had a much better game in week two against Tampa Bay, who also has a very good front. And he's a rookie. And, and Arthur Smith, head coach, has basically said, look, you don't react too harshly one way or the other uh, to the good or the bad with with a rookie. And so he looked better in week two. But when it came, when it comes to, to the Eagles, I, like, I, I don't know, Daniel Jones maybe scares me a little bit because of what Jalen Hurts did. And Daniel Jones can obviously run the ball really well, but I'm very curious to see what the Giants passing game looks like against Atlanta, because they're probably a little bit more comparable to the Eagles than they are the, the Bucks in that sense, because obviously they don't have Tampa Bay. So how is Atlanta able to force kind of really 
contain Daniel Jones on the ground. Those are the stuff, that's the type of things I'm going to look for in relation to what they couldn't do in week one. What are all, you know, everyone, you know, we, we all, I can look at your guys' lineup and stats and see like, oh, these are the good players. These are, you know, but it's like everyone knows what their, you know, the team they cover's weakness is. What is like that weakness on defense? So you mentioned, you know, bad run fits and, and undisciplined, you know, being undisciplined in that. Is it that or is it like our nickel corner can be taken advantage of kind of thing? <laughs> it's, I mean, it's the line of scrimmage on both sides really for Atlanta. Uh, and I think that the, the pass rush is they're going to try to manufacture some pass rush uh, by Dean Pease is going to blitz a lot. He's going to be bringing pressure from a lot of different places. But the reason you do that is because you don't really have the talent there to just get home with four, right? When, when the giants won the super bowl in 2007, they just got to Brady with, with four guys and they could drop everybody else into coverage. Falcons can't do that. And so their biggest weakness on defense is the lack of the pass rush, the need to bring extra guys to manufacture a pass rush, and then the risk that comes along with that, where you could potentially burn them for a big play because maybe they don't have as many guys deep as another team would if they're just playing zone. Offensively, it, again, I mentioned Jalen Mayfield, that left guard spot, the center spot, Alex Mack is no longer there. And so while they do have three good linemen with, with Chris Lindstrom, Jake Matthews, and then people are up and down on Caleb McGarry, um, and the jury's still out. But you can get to Matt Ryan, who who it's well-documented, well-noted that he's getting up there in age, can't move around as well as, as he used to. The team has said they've actually been working on his speed training this offseason, which is hilarious to me. I don't I don't know what Matt, <laughs> Matt Ryan at 36, he's not Lamar Jackson. Um, so the lines of scrimmage, if the Giants are, are going to have you know, really uh, a good chance of success in this game, it's got to start there. Right. So, I mean, you mentioned Matt Ryan and then the, the line of scrimmage, you know, there's, you know, you see he has a really low average depth of target. And then mm-hmm. I was, uh, you know, I went through the first half of, of the, uh, the all 22 versus the Bucks, And it seemed like not only did, you know, maybe he not have the arm to stretch it, but it seemed like the, the Falcons weren't even trying to do that, you know, which is, you know, that's kind of like not what Arthur Smith was known at uh, with Tennessee. It was like maybe they ran the ball a ton, but when they did throw the ball, they were trying to get downfield. Is that like Arthur Smith or is it just Ryan can't be that guy that's pushing the ball down the field or just the, the offensive line? Um, it, it's really, it's a great question because it's something that I've noticed the first two weeks as well. And especially in that Eagles game, I went back and rewatched it and it, it wasn't as bad as I thought on the initial live watch, but they got to the point where in for a fourth quarter when they were trailing by you know two scores they were still just throwing like five yard curl routes and it was across the board all the receivers were just running like five yard curl routes and I think in that game it was probably more on the offensive line because the few times the Falcons did try to do that play action roll Matt Ryan out stretch the field get Calvin Ridley deep uh they he had pressure in his face immediately and against Tampa, you saw them hit on, on a few more explosive plays, but it's certainly not to the level that we've seen this offense. Well, I say this offense, we've seen Atlanta the past couple of years, because that was obviously under Dirk Cutter, who is a more vor- vertical oriented play caller. Um, and then Steve Sarkeesian and Kyle Shanahan, obviously, I think are a little bit more prone to, to really pushing the ball down the field. But I thought Arthur Smith was kind of in, in that same vein and, I don't think it's Matt Ryan because like I said, last year, the year before he, he was able to hit Julio on these, these deep passes. He was able to find Calvin Ridley on, on some long, you know, 23 yard uh, comebacks or out routes or whatever. His best 
throwing is, has always been the intermediate range, not short, but more those middle crossing routes, a, a deep in at 12, 15 yards. Matt is so good. And I think he still is very good on those throws. And you can have an explosive offense with those throws being your explosive plays. So I think it's more just a matter of it's week two and we have a small sample size and they played two pretty good defenses. I think the Eagles, their defense is still capable of really good games and Tampa Bay's defense obviously helped them win a Super Bowl last year. So I, I, that's why I'm very curious to see this game in particular from a Falcon standpoint, because I think this is a real barometer game for what the expectation should be. Yeah, I think the Giants and Falcons are kind of like you mentioned in the beginning, both kind of in that spot. With Arthur Smith, what is what is like the one thing you notice different that's different from an Arthur Smith team compared to a Dan Quinn team? Because you know we've only gotten to see two games of it so far from the outside. Yeah, I um, uh, it's it's a little bit. I can answer. I think more from a personality standpoint, but that's almost not even fair because like the the best thing about Dan Quinn was his personality. It just kind of rubbed people I think the wrong way towards the end when you know you have years of losing and and the messaging is still about kind of upbeat optimism and well you know we can't afford to have that mentality we've got to stay you know we got to go back to work it's tell the truth Monday then we're diving right on into the next opponent we're, we're getting it. it's the typical coach speak but Dan Quinn was always so good in front of a camera and kind of just you, you never saw it get to him in any way, shape or form. I think so far, Arthur Smith has been much more of, and, and this isn't a bad thing, but it's just different. The, the Belichickian Mike Vrabel kind of more gruff. I'm going to just, Hey, facts for the facts, you know? Yeah. We're, we're always looking to get better. So-and-so didn't play well. I'm going to tell you the exact same thing. I told him maybe uh, lay it out on his players a little bit more in the media. I think we've seen that, um, a bit more, which makes sense. You know, when owners kind of make coaching changes, it's usually they go a, a little bit in the opposite direction. And if you had a defensive guy, you go offense. If you had a upbeat team player coach, you go in the opposite, maybe with a scheme guy or, or a little bit more of a disciplinarian. And it kind of seems like that's the biggest difference so far. I just think it's probably too early from a team identity standpoint, because for better or worse, the Falcons were one of the most kind of identity oriented teams in the NFL the past couple of seasons. It's just that that identity was blowing leads. Um, but I mean, like it or not, everybody could say, Hey, I know, I know one thing about the Falcons. They can't hang on to leads, whether it be starting the season five and zero and ending eight and eight or being up 28 to three in the Super Bowl and then losing that lead. So uh, I think it's too early to know the Arthur Smith Falcons team identity, but the coaching identity, there is definitely some difference there. I was on a Falcon stream last night and they were getting some 28, three comments. I'm like, man, this must never stop. Like, it's so old. It's, <laughs> it's oh so man. Old. I would, I would, I would probably just like, you know, I'm not a big on blocking people, but I would just be like, if you tweet that at me, I will block you. Yeah, um, it's, it's easy to ignore though, by this point. Cause it's like, yeah, yeah, we did it. Like we, it's kind of a unifying thing. Now we all live through that. Yeah. So with you mentioned, uh, you know, a different type of coaching style, those types are kind of hard to read on injuries sometimes. Russell Gage and AJ Terrell are the ones that, you know, pop out for, uh, for Giants fans. Where do you think those guys are at as far as playing on Sunday? Yeah. Uh, so AJ Terrell is, um, he's in the, I believe the concussion protocol. Um, and he was being checked for, uh, for an injury during the game. And that's obviously big. I mean, he's, he's their number one corner and he's been 
um, by all accounts, just incredible in training camp. And there were a lot of really high expectations for him coming into the season. So on both of these guys, Russell Gage is dealing with, uh, I believe an ankle sprain. The team is, is being very, as you would expect, kind of non-committal with any of their, of their statuses, because, Hey, it's, it's Thursday at, at 12 15 and you don't have to make a decision on these guys for a, for a while, but I, I have my uh, apprehensions about either of them playing. And I think that means a little bit more for the offense, actually, even though AJ Terrell is their kind of starting corner, their, their best player, their first round pick last year. I think they're a little bit better equipped to, to handle that. I think they they've talked about, do they bump Isaiah Oliver, their, their slot corner out? He does have experience starting on the outside. Um, if AJ Terrell is out, that becomes a weakness for this Falcons team. You asked about kind of weaknesses earlier. They've got Fabian Moreau. They've got Isaiah Oliver. Kendall Sheffield could be coming back soon, but there's not a lot of depth there, but there's certainly not a lot of depth at the receiver position. And if Russell Gage is out, who has moved into the number two role now that Julio Jones is gone, um, they've got Alameda Zacchaeus, who is a good number three. But the thing with the Falcons receivers is that we saw Calvin was an elite number two. Russell Gage was a very good number three. Alameda was a, a really, really good number four. But are they still, are they then when they bump up the, the food chain a little bit, they're, they haven't been as effective yet. Calvin hasn't been as effective as a number one. Russ is at a quiet two games as a number two. Now can Alameda step up and, and be a number two or a three? He hasn't really flashed yet. So there's a lot of question marks at the wide receiver position because of having to move on from Julio Jones. So both sides of the ball, if those two guys are out, and right now I, I would kind of lean that they are going to be out, that makes it that makes life a lot easier for the uh, the Giants because those are two key guys for these teams or for right. this team. Yeah, and, and we you know we know who Calvin Ridley is. Kyle Pitts, you know, hasn't been like a you know hasn't broke out on the scene, but we also mm -hmm. we know what he can be. You know, Giants fans, you know, we all watched him in the draft stuff too. You know, yeah. yeah. Cordell Patterson is the one like kind of you know we yep. the Giants were rumored to sign him. Like I remember, be like some people telling me, like it's probably going to happen. I even had all my clips ready for Cordell Patterson <laughs> to sign with the Giants. He signs with the yeah. Falcons, and he's getting some running back carries. I saw them motioning him out, you know, to the receiver and then back into the backfield and stuff. What is like the game plan right now with Arthur Smith for him? Is it like here, give you some stuff here and there, or is he like getting like real number two, number one running back carries? Um, he's getting real number two running back carries in addition to some of the extra things that he brings to the table. But interestingly against the Buccaneers, he, he was also getting some of the kind of key carries in that game, even though Mike Davis is a veteran and, and the team is very high on him and he is the, the number one running back, um, on this roster, it was Patterson who was kind of in near the goal line. And it was Patterson who was in on, on fourth down or third down and in these kind of key situations. So he's a very real part of this offensive game plan. And he had a touchdown on Sunday, should have had two touchdowns. One, uh, he ended up barely stepping out on a really good uh, play where he broke a couple of tackles and would have scored from, you know, I think like 20 yards out. Uh, so he's he's been the brightest spot for this offense, which is, both a good thing for a new player to be added, but also a bad thing because you've got other better players on this offense. So they need those guys to pick it up. But certainly Cordell Patterson is, has really been impressive so far as a Falcon. No doubt. 
Well, well, where can uh, people, if they want to get, you know, the, the preview from a Falcons point of view, where can people find you on social media, the podcast, all that? Yeah. Uh, so we will be dropping our kind of preview, uh, myself and, and former Falcons fullback, Ovi Mahaley, um, who is my co-host. We are recording our podcast uh, tonight, which is Thursday. It'll be up Friday um, afternoon for the weekend. So you can get that wherever you get your podcast and then you can follow me on Twitter at Will McFadden. And I also write for the Falcoholic, which is part of the SB nation um, family that covers the Falcon. A lot of great content there. And that's where you can check me out. Good stuff. Have you guys got to talk to Keenan Forney at all or had any yeah. relationship with him? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's our, he's, he's our uh, guy. He trained Andrew Thomas. So we, um, we linked oh, up nice. with him last year. So we talked here and there. So, uh, Anytime I talk with Falcons people, I got to bring up our guy Keenan. So, <laughs> yeah, no, Keenan's great. Uh, he, they have, uh, we've got the Falcolic Live, which records um, Wednesday nights, and, and he's popped on there several times. So, he's awesome, great. good stuff. Yeah. All right, well, will we? Uh, thank you for coming on. Yeah, thanks, Bobby. I really appreciate it. No holds bad. He was. He took me in the low post and won, but I think we had on the varsity. All right, welcome back to the show, and we gotta talk about. Roman, look, no one's perfect. Even the best baseball players in the world strike out with the bases loaded. The best golfers sometimes three-putt with the tournament on the line. Danny King, you're a golfer. You've done that plenty of times. Dirtbag. Got, got a terrible got a terrible handicap, but we move, we move. You move. So if you feel like you're coming up short in the bedroom sometimes, it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. Go to GetRoman.com slash JohnBoy right now with roman you can get a free online evaluation ongoing care for ed all from the comfort and the privacy of your home a u.s licensed healthcare professional they'll work with you to find the best treatment plan if medication is appropriate it ships to you free with two-day shipping that's pretty fast the whole process is straightforward and discreet gets getting started is simple just go to getroman.com slash john complete an online visit take care of your ed without leaving your home complete an online visit today to connect with the doctor and take care of it Bobby Skinner, this has been like my second week doing this football thing, talking football thing, and, you know, I, I've barely left my home. I usually like not leaving my home, but I need to balance my life a little bit, and maybe you can help me out with that. So get a go, GetRoman.com slash JohnBoy now to get $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. Go to GetRoman.com slash JohnBoy right now. Get started. Save now. $15 off your first month of treatment. Get Roman.com slash John boy to get $15 off your first month. Thank you. To Ro Thank you to Roman. All right. We now welcome on weatherman, Dan, dumb old Dan, dirty Dan, Danny King for weather and trivia. Danny, what's the weather like for Eli Manning's retirement ceremony? The foot, the, <coughs> the football gods, oh as I just coughed into your mic, that's going to kill Justin, but the football gods no such thing. have made a beautiful weather for Eli Manning's retirement ceremony going to be 72 degrees and sunny it's going to oh. be clear it's just just peak weather 48 percent humidity very little wind what's the wind there right there 10 miles so it might but it's medlife stadium uh so nothing crazy there but it's gonna be beautiful weather for your retirement ceremony my first time at a giants game since 2019 so that's gonna be rather exciting you're gonna come to parking lot k parking lot k gotta make the <laughs> trek from uh, new jersey transit all the way to parking lot k it's gonna happen got to happen but gonna be beautiful weather for eli couldn't be any less so 72 and sunny i like it um it just looks colder on tv you know i don't know why so it's like it's met life that denver game it just it just looked like it was cold there and i was like oh it's probably like 85 90 degrees out there it was it was hot um do we have trivia this week 
we do have trivia, and I stuck with the theme of the week, which is Eli Manning. Eli Manning played a one. Eli Manning played a 16 year career in the NFL. How many teams does he have a winning record against? You don't have to name the teams, just a number, obviously. Oh. More than one, less than 32. What, does this include AFC teams? Yes. So everything's included. 17. Justin, what is your answer? I'm going to go with 21. 21. Wow, you really you gave Eli a lot of credit right there. Uh, neither of you were correct. According to my research, Bobby was the closest. The answer is 13. 13 I... winning records. Those teams are the Houston Texans, the Las Vegas Raiders, the Miami Dolphins, the Los Angeles Rams, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Kansas City Chiefs, Buffalo Bills, Detroit Lions, New York Jets, Cleveland Browns, the 49ers, the Chicago Bears, and the Washington football team. And NFC gets kind of watered down by the end of his career, um, which sucks. But anyways, I love when people are like, he's a 500 QB. It's like, well, if you include the playoffs, which are the most important games, he's not. And it's like the last few years kind of screwed that up for him. I don't believe I'm, that. I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited to see them all in Canton when he uh, gets enshrined. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. We're going. All right, time for our fantasy draft where we draft players uh, four rounds from only the team we're playing and the New York Giants. So we got the Falcons this week, which is a tough week for players, honestly. Danny's in first place, and I looked. I went back and looked. Danny, you had the the highest single scoring week last week uh, in our career of doing this was sixty three point nine points. You have no way. Look at that. One hundred seven point two points on the season. Justin, you had twenty seven and a half. You have fifty eight points on the season. And bigger news than your record for the first week ever. I'm not in last place, fellas. I am in second <laughs> place. I got congratulations. I, I had forty points last week. I'm at sixty-eight point six, so I'm a, I got thirteen more points than Justin for the first week ever. I am not in last place, so um, it's a this is a big moment for me. It's gonna be it's gonna be one hell of a story, as uh, some people say. <laughs> what week? What week do I start choking it away? Let's let's place our bets now. For last year, you led for a good portion last year, and then you ended I up. I think I led to like towards, week ten. Yeah. You're like Daniel Jones, like leading the Giants in rushing. It's like it's gonna, <laughs> like it's gonna ha- like it's gonna happen for a while. We're gonna make those jokes, but eventually it'll even out. Danny, you have the no. first pick this week. Justin second, and then myself third. Who are you kicking it off with? I'm gonna kick, uh, kick it. I'm gonna keep it plain and simple. Sterling Shepard, him and Daniel Jones. All they do is connect. Now they, I think they have the highest completion rate on the Giants. Sterling Shepard just gets you points. And with Galladay's hip, whatever is going on over there, God hope that's nothing. But Sterling Shepard will get targets, and this Falcon defense, as you guys said, it's just not good. So give me Sterling Shepard. Yeah, it's it's Shepard as he is the safest bet on this going forward. Like he's going to get you a minimum of you know twelve points a week, and and so far he's been getting you eighteen to twenty five points a week. So Shep has been the first pick, I think three weeks in a row, or or at least the I know I picked him first last week. So Shep's. Shep's a good pick. Him and Daniel Jones are connecting at an unreal rate. So, Justin, who are you going second? 1A and 1B on a big board. Um, if Danny King was going to go one way, I was automatically going to go the other. Give me Calvin Ridley, number one wide receiver Damn. on the Atlanta Falcons. Um, he's been, he's been low-key uh, a top 10, top you know, n- not top five, but a top 10 wide receiver, even with Julio Jones and Atlanta, and now that he is by himself. This is going to be an inter- interesting here to see how Calvin Ridley can do, especially with dead arm Matt Ryan. But I'm still going to take Calvin Ridley because he is the best option on that Atlanta offense. I mean, he's really their only option as a wide receiver. Yeah, I'll be interested to see if anyone's taking our their wide receiver. Actually, I guarantee you he'll be taken. Um, I'm also going our wide receiver one, and I'm going to explain a lot on why I'm picking him later in the show in a certain segment. Um, but I'm going Kenny Galladay with the third pick. I'll explain it later. 
and snaking it around. First pick of the second round. Going Kyle Pitts. I just feel like it's a safe bet. You know, he's he, you know his first week wasn't great. Last week he had 70-something yards, which is really good for a tight end. And, uh, you know, so I just think Kyle Pitts, if, if there was any player on this team I was worried about, Calvin Ridley is their best player. But Kyle Pitts is the one who I can just see wrecking the game for us. So I am going Kyle Pitts with my second pick. Top four on my big board, gone. Literally in the order I had them, too. I had my order, Shepard, Ridley, Gold, and Pitts. So you guys are starting to get better at this. Or worse. Yeah, or or worse, yeah. Because, fr- frankly, I think Bobby and I, you you and I have aligned quite a lot so far this year on our, on our quote-unquote big boards, and I'm in last. So I need to start changing some things up. Oh, and um, last week we had another week where someone that we didn't pick scored a touchdown in Ricky Seals-Jones. Of course, of course. Um, which is just funny um all right justin second pick i am you know what i am gonna change some things up i'm gonna go darius slayton darius slayton should have had two touchdown catches last week dropped one did have one we're starting to see the the benefits of stone lake shepherd being in the offense maybe opening some other guys up we're starting to see the benefit of kenny galladay being on one side of the ball and the Single high safety is shadowing towards his side, and therefore that's opening up Darius Slayton. So the theories that we had about how Darius Slayton can be opened up in an offense with multiple good skill position players, and he's not the number one option, it's happening. And hopefully this can be a game where cornerback play is even worse than it has been. Definitely cornerback play is even worse than it's been the first two weeks. Atlanta has a bad defense. I'm going Darius Slayton. Give me a touchdown. Yeah, I like that pick. It's a It's a ballsy pick, but I like it. Uh, you, I mean, you're taking our third wide receiver with the fifth pick. That is ballsy, but I, I, it's it's a boomer bust pick. Danny, who are you going with I, uh, the I've, second round? I've been able to sleep since uh, he dropped that pass. But I'm, I'm, I think I might be going even more risky Do people right now. hate Slayton right now, by the way? Like, I'm not down. Like, I look more to, like, he's been getting open. You know, I understand the drops have been bad, but at least they haven't turned in the interceptions. So, like, yeah. I was disappointed in that, but I'm not – I don't, like, hate Slayton right now. I don't hate him, but I was certainly disappointed because, like, it was like, is this Evan Ingram 2.0? Like, what's happening right now? Yeah. Same exact format. It was weird. That's where I'm taking the risk. I, I will take Evan Ingram. I feel like he will play this week. I'm getting that vibe. Unless you know, Bobby, I don't like that look you just gave me right there. I That's don't a, think he is playing this week. I think he is playing this week. That's I think he's thing. playing. I think he's playing. Unless they're Do you have just... inside info on that, Justin? No. Oh, well, you looked at me like you had inside info. You gave a look that you looked like you had inside info that I didn't even playing. put him on my big board because I didn't. I, I am didn't. I am confident this man is going to play this weekend. If he does it, I just look like an idiot. So, uh, Evan Ingram, uh, I feel like this this offense he can thrive in because all they do is stick curls or maybe Jason Garrett breaks out something new this week. But Daniel Jones hasn't had a quality tight end to rely on for the first two weeks, even though Evan Ingram usually never catches the ball. He's reliable when he needs him to. So, give me Evan Ingram. And now it gets interesting. Now it gets really interesting right That's around here. That's a horrible pick. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm in first place. Uh, I know, but you you still have one pick a, a week. That just blows <laughs> me away. You got to make sure I stick to the status quo. Now, I'm stuck between Mike Davis and Cordell Patterson because Cordell Patterson just randomly had a week last week, and like he took away snaps from Mike Davis. But Mike Davis is the n- number one running back for Atlanta. So I'm going to not do back-to-back stupid picks. I'm going to take Mike Davis right here. Take the running back until I see the Giants' defensive line can actually stop someone in the or at least slow them down in the run game. I'm gonna keep taking the running backs until Dexter Lawrence and thus that group shows us something. So Mike Davis, please. I mean, RB one in the third round is really good value. Justin, who are you going with this next pick? Is anybody taking Saquon yet? I got. I think maybe. I don't know. Possible. 
All right, no, no, uh, nobody's taking Saquon. I'm, I'm taking Saquon because Saquon. I think this is two weeks in a row he's felt. Actually, no, I picked him in the second round last week. Yeah, it's almost like he's the. It's the pick that you don't want to make because you know it's not smart. But at this at this point, what we're, what I mean, round are we in? Smart at this point, he was fifth on my he was fifth on my big board. Yeah, so uh, uh, again, I don't like how we're matching up with this big board thing. Um, to give me Saquon. Yeah, I mean, we're getting Saquon Barkley. It's Saquon needs to break out and stop us from being like this. Seriously, the game. like Saquon should be the first pick every single week. Say, like, wake up, Saquon. Start hitting the damn hole. You know, like I understand that you, we don't want him to be Wayne Gallman, but hit the damn hole. Like he's having some issues with that crap. Um, so Saquon, man, s- stop making us pick you late second, early third round in these fantasy drafts. You should be the first pick every week. Do that. Be that guy. Um, was that an early preview for like your Giants factor? Because like that could in itself be a Giants factor type. Uh, <laughs> that was a speech for a Giants factor. Uh, yeah, I could have been, but I could give a, a good Saquon speech. I guess I just did. All right, I'm going Cordero Patterson though with my uh, third pick. I mean, he's going to get usage. Like this is it's flat out they're going to use him. I mean, he had, um, you know, like like ten plus touches on twenty four snaps last last week and he had a good week so coming off a good week they're going to want to use him so you'll at least get a, a few ppr catches out of him whether it turns in the yards or not i don't think you'll get any touchdowns this week so i'll go cordell patterson and i don't know anything about this guy but with russell gage out he is their number one number two wide receiver olamade zacchaeus zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee little man was he i'm going i'm out zacchaeus can i st- all right, I'm telling the story. I don't care if it gets me in trouble. When I was That's very cool. young, you can't judge me because I was like seven years old. You know that you guys know the song from like Sunday school. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. Yes, I'm aware. So we, me and my cousin, saw a little person, and we started singing that song, not realizing how insulting it was. But we started singing Zacchaeus was a wee little man. So I'm going Zacchaeus. Justin, what's your final pick? Oh, we have more. Um, <laughs> give you give me um to pick from basically. Give me Wayne Gallman. <laughs> <What's that laughs> even I'm I'm stealing I'm stealing Danny King's thunder because partially Danny, did you know that Wayne Gallman is on the Falcons? Oh, I'm 100 percent aware. I'm expecting 900 yards out of him this week. All right, I I I didn't I was unsure if you knew it, but somebody had to take him. So oh, 100 percent. He'll probably score two touchdowns this week. All right, Danny, finish off the draft. I am, like, really struggling to figure out who to pick here because I just don't know, really, frankly, any of these players. There's a part of me that really we, wants We got both our tight ends who are actually going to play this week. That is true. That is true. Mm. I don't. Could Tony be the guy, though? Could Tony be the guy? Could this be a Tony week? You know what? I'm taking it. He's mad. I'm taking Kadarius Tony this week. I'm feeling it. He's going to break something. This is the week, Kadarius. Prove, prove me right, Kadarius. He's going to break something on his own you're, body? You, oh, yeah. You're going to break something on your own body. Your jersey <laughs> your jersey shipment to me got canceled. So, one, I'm mad about that NFL shop. We'll talk about that at a different time. But, two, Kadarius, do something for me. Please. Please. So, three guys who were worn on my big board, and Evan Ingram, Wayne Goldman, and Kadarius Tony get picked. And uh, I bet you Hayden Hurst ends up having two touchdowns. If Hayden, if Hayden Hurst has two touchdowns, I might just cry. Or Kyle Rudolph or Caden Smith or something. All right. <clears throat> it's time for Giant Factors. Danny, you had the first pick in fantasy, so you get the first pick at Giant Factors this week. 
it was it was a tough week for the offensive line. Obviously, the Nick Gates situation happened on Thursday night. Uh, Shane Lemieux out for the season with his patellar tendon, even though I might say people, I feel like people are crazy for thinking he was going to play this year, by the way, or at least come back. I'm going I'm to have to rock with, I'm going to have to rock with Nate Solder. I need this man to step up big time this week against his Atlanta Falcons defense. They're nothing crazy. I mean, I know they, they got, their line can honestly generate pressure. I feel like that's going to happen. But Nate Solder, this is your time to shine. Prove every, prove the Giants right for bringing you back on this short-term deal. We got Andrew Thomas on the left side. I got all the confidence in him. We got Billy Price at center. Uh, who, who's the left guard this week? Is it uh, Bredesen? Ben Bredesen. Ben Bredesen. Then you got Will Hernandez next to Nate Solder. Those two were the two back in uh, 2018 and 2019. Nate Solder, have a game, buddy. Pro- give Daniel Jones protection. He needs to make these throws. Give the Giants the best chance to win. Because I thought at times he kind of held his own against Chase Young every once in a while. He didn't look terrible. He didn't look good. But I think yeah, he Washington guys around the corner. I'll, I'll give Nate Solder so, credit for that. Nate Solder, have, have a game, buddy. Have a game and uh, bring us a victory this week. Mr. Brown said, and I could picture seven-year-old Bobby at like five foot seven, towering over a little person, which is actually pretty accurate. Oh my god! Um, I remember being five foot one in third grade. Which actually, I don't think that's t- that tall for third grade. I had my growth spurt between uh, sixth and seventh grade. All right, Justin, giant factor. Yeah, I wasn't even sure of who I wanted my giant factor to be when we started recording, but I kind of convinced myself talking about this guy towards the first half of the show, and it is going to be Dexter Lawrence. It is going to be Dexter Lawrence. You know, uh, whether it was right or wrong, fair or not fair, you know, the the play that the game kind of came down to last week against Washington was against... Dexter Lawrence and the offside penalty and, and jumping a little bit early, or he timed it exactly right. Doesn't matter. Lost the game. The Giants are 0-2. And in a year where it was expected for a lot of guys on the defensive front to kind of break out, but most in particular, it was you. It was you, Dex. I mean, year, year three. The year three jump for defenders. It, it's it's a real thing. And we need you to be that guy, you know, especially if Leonard Williams isn't going to be that guy. We need you to be that guy that helps everybody else around you. You know, eat up those double team blocks, but even win those. You know, you're expected to win. You're expected to rise above. You know, you were drafted in the first round for a reason. So, Dexter Lawrence, go out there, have a bounce back game, make the plays that pop out on film, dominate Matt Hennessy, who does not have a lot of play strength. Go out there and be a giant factor. My giant factor for this week. This guy, the last time he played the Atlanta Falcons, for a guy that doesn't have a high catch rate, he caught six catches on seven targets. Turn those into 114 yards. And he got $17 million in the offseason. And that is one Kenneth Kenny Galladay, wide receiver for the New York football giants. It's time to not just be a good acquisition. Be a great acquisition. Get me a touchdown this week. I want a Kenny Galladay touchdown this week. I think they have put some... Good tape. I think Kenny Galladay is influencing Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard. I think he is a big reason why Jones has been a better QB this year, even though he hasn't had all the greatest catches. But Jones, take a little off of it. Let Kenny Galladay be Kenny Galladay. You don't got to throw it to him like he's Golden Tate. So Kenny Galladay, you balled out for the Falcons last year. Your first two games for uh, the Giants this season, you have uh, you know you haven't had that big game. You've had all right games, but not that big game. You were just you know caught on on TV yelling at uh, Jason Garrett. You got a hip injury in practice. There's a lot, like, 
it's time to roll. It's time to not just be a good player. It's time to be a great player and score those touchdowns and have 100 yards. 100 yards or a touchdown. I want one of those two things from Kenny Galladay this week. So, Kenny Galladay, you are my giant factor versus week three in a must-win game for the New York Giants versus the Atlanta Falcons on Eli Manning Day. Um, so, next segment, Danny, read the ad. Guys, we are super excited to share with you a product that is an absolute game changer. As you know, chewing tobacco is a rite of passage when it comes to football. However, times change and it's 2021. You guys know that's 2021. No, we aren't going to promote sunflower seeds or coffee grinds. There is a new company out of Humboldt, County, California. I never knew that was a county. Look at that. That have created tobacco and nicotine free, free dip alternative with CBD that tastes great and really works. Canadip CBD has mastered a discreet and fast-active way to consume CBD and has provided in a format that can help you evolve your dip. Canadip CBD is offering our listeners a great offer. They are so confident you will love the dips and want and want to offer you 20% off site-wide to help power your favorite team or fantasy squad into the playoffs. Head to CanadipCBD.com and use promo code GIANTS for 20% off site-wide to become a hero with Canadips. These Canadip CBD pouches are all natural, spitless, and are great to use wherever you, wherever and whenever. No tobacco, no nicotine, full flavor experience designed for your enjoyment, and at 20% off with code GIANTS. Why wait? Go to CanadipCBD.com and use promo code GIANTS for 20% off site-wide. That was beautiful. Wow. Yeah, it's too beautiful. I didn't that know was... how well that ad was read. I was, I, I was about to do the entire HTTPS uh, colon slash slash, but don't do I that. don't think people. I don't think people would like that. I don't. No, want, don't I don't do want to make. I don't want to make enemies from people in California, even though I'm all the way in the middle of upstate New York. Quick picks. We added the spread last week, which I think was a good move. Um, guest picker this week, by the way, is Research Rick, um, who won it from you know part of our, you know our Patreon raffle. Well, um, he's smart. Yeah, he even gave me. Re- I I couldn't write. The, I literally write. The, so I don't have his reasons. But uh, I do have his picks, which, by the way, the crazy, like our t-shirt raffle this month that Chris Mickle won it and he picked number 65 while we were doing the Nick Gaze versus the World thing. It's, it's, it seems fake. Like I am, it's, it's, it's crazy. But anyways, uh, last week, Justin and Danny both went five and three. I went, uh, so Danny is leading the pack at 12 and four, Justin nine and seven. I went four and four at 11 and five listeners. Ben Butler let you down last week. He went one and seven. The listeners are five okay. and eleven, which I'm very. That's why I'm excited for the spread. Is because last year we were all like well over five hundred. Somebody's gonna be like we're gonna have some. We're gonna finish under five hundred this year by some of us, and some of us will be like, hey, maybe follow us for gambling tips. I already Here, added it to the bio. Thursday night football. Yeah, Panthers. Uh, Panthers at Texans. Texans are eight point underdogs plus eight at home. Listeners are going Panthers minus eight, re- represented by Research Rick. And I am also, I'm on the Panthers bandwagon. I was on it before the season. That was like my take of the offseason. The take the year before was that the Browns were going to be good and Kevin Stefanski was going to have that offense rolling. My my one this past, uh, off, this offseason was Panthers were going to be good. They were going to start out 3-0 and they were going to be better than the Saints. So I'm going Panthers minus eight. If Tyrell Taylor was playing, I wouldn't, I would go Texans plus eight, but he's not. Justin. I look he would have picked the Texans to win if Tyrod Taylor was playing. And that's because the Texans have been actually playing surprisingly well. Um, but I can't. I, I can't. I can't pick the Texans here even though I want to. So give me Panthers minus eight. Danny? There's only room for one quarterback in this league with a long neck, and that man is Mike Lennon. Panthers 
minus eight, please. Did you see that Dan Orlovsky was like the like the marriage guy for Mike Lennon? Did you see yes. that? No way. Yeah, which is I get. Well, they were together in Tampa, but it's like, man, you guys were back with our friends. Where Dan Orlovsky was the guy that married you. I'm surprised, <laughs> but Dan or I'm surprised Dan Orlovsky came across a point in his life where he decided, you know what, I want to have the power and the ability to marry people. <laughs> yeah. I, I like Dan. I gave him crap when we first started this podcast, but I, I like Dan. We had to make our names known, and that was the best way to yeah, do I mean, it. Yeah, I mean, we were guns. I mean, basically anyone uh, we went after that, you know, that first, like, <laughs> half a year of the podcast. Bears, Justin Fields' debut at the Browns. Browns have a, are seven and a half point favorites. Listeners went Bears plus seven and a half. Danny, how do you think the Justin Fields debut is going to go? Uh, Stephen A. Smith was really stupid on first take this morning to say start Nick Foles. I guess that's his job to be say stupid takes, but it was stupid. And Dan Orvlosky absolutely defended Justin Fields like a legend. I am also going to take the Bears plus 7.5. I think Cleveland will probably win, but I think the Bears 100% keep this game close. Justin? Cleveland's defense has not been good. They've been worse than the Giants' defense. So I'm going to go Bears plus 7.5. Bears still have a good team, and they're arguably making a upgrade at quarterback. And this line is 7.5. It's too good to be true. So give me Bears plus 7.5. Here's the issue. Their offensive line is doo-doo, and they're facing Miles Garrett, and that can change the entire game with fields. I, I you, know, you know, We saw even in the preseason, he had some trouble setting protections. Um, so I'm actually going Browns minus 7.5. I think they're going to score some points in this game. So I'm going Browns minus 7.5. Chargers at Chiefs. Chiefs are six and a half point favorites. Listeners are going Chargers plus six and a half. I am also going, I'm kind of in on the Chargers. You know, I know they yeah. lost to Dallas last week, but, and the Chiefs are, I, I feel like the Chiefs are just going to, they're going to win a ton of games this year, but they're all going to be within like three, four points, no matter who they're playing besides us. They'll probably blow us out. So I'm going Chargers plus six and a half. Justin? I agree. I'm with you. Chargers plus six and a half. Um, I know Herbert hasn't been the Justin Herbert that we saw from, his rookie season where he's throwing a bunch of touchdown passes and he's put a bunch of yards on the board and stuff like that. But Chiefs defense is bad. Another defense that's bad and you know, a team that's good, but the defense is kind of struggling. And I think this is going to be a close game and Herbert kind of gets back on track like we know he can. So Chargers plus six and a half. Danny? Uh, to be different, and I also believe it, give me the Chiefs minus six and a half. I love uh, should have been Giants quarterback Justin Herbert, but uh, <laughs> I'm not going to start that. Uh, what about should have been Chiefs- Giants quarterback Patrick Mahomes? Oh, no, that's the main one. Like, come on. Ben, ben McAdoo even saw it, guys. Come on. What are we doing around here? Like, I love that storyline. I I love when people say that, like, we didn't, like, we passed up on him. Like, we didn't, like, we, we would have had to trade up, like, 13 spots. Anyways, with a bad roster. Saints at Patriots. Patriots favorite minus three. I'm out on the Saints. I'm going Patriots minus three. Listeners are also going Patriots minus three. Danny. Patriots minus three. Yeah, that's fair. The Saints sucked last week, and I think it was just the one-game experience against... Who'd they play week one? Was that the Packers? Yeah. Yeah. And everything's yeah, so burning I, down around them. I love yeah. Jameis. Jameis... See, that's the thing with Jameis. Oh, he'll come make on. fall in love with him, and then he'll have those passes like last week. It's like, this is this is why. This you, is why. You don't realize <laughs> what you just did. what I say? You said everything is burning down around them. No, I I, I didn't mean that. Like, I, I actually meant that. Like... Because the stadium was on fire. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> All right. All right. So yeah, that, was on, you know. that was on. That was on purpose. That was pun intended. Ba-dum-bum. Like, I wasn't right. saying that as like their team. I meant that like actually things are burning down around them. Justin. Ah, uh, I really do believe in the Patriots. Give me Patriots minus three. Let's see how many have. I think that's Panthers. I we hate- all agreed on. 
Yeah, we are. I, I hate how we're all agreeing right now. Well, no, only two of four we have. Bucks at Rams game of the week. I really hope the Giants win so I can enjoy this game because I, I like I want to enjoy this game. Bucks are favored uh, by one and a half on the road. I'm not all the way there with the Matthew Stafford Rams yet. You know, like there's certainly an upgrade, but I want to like you know they only beat the Colts by three points, and the Bucks. I think the Bucks kind of hear that talk about the Rams being the best team in the NFC. So I am going to I'm going to go Bucks minus one and a half on the road, and plus the Rams don't have a home field advantage anyways. Um, no. you know there might be more Tom Brady fans there than Rams fans. Justin, what do you have in this one? No, the Rams haven't even played anybody yet. So, um, one and a half I think is kind of kind of generous. I'm going to take Bucks minus one and a half. I will take the Rams plus one and a half. Big Matthew Stafford guy. Also love Cooper Cup. Seahawks at Vikings. Seahawks one and a half point favorite. I'm out on the on the Vikings. I think they're. I think Mike Zimmer might be the first coach to be fired this year. Um, and I like Mike Zimmer. It's just been time, and I I just feel like nothing's good. I mean, did you see that they had 11 draft picks this year? And none of them played last yeah, week. Now bad. part of that was injury, but still, oh, that's pathetic. Um, they're misusing Dalvin Tomlinson too. Like they're using him. Started on that. Apparently, from what I saw and what I was reading. They're being they're using him as like a defensive end, even though I did watch some plays and he was being used as a D tackle. He's not being used as a nose tackle, and that that is that is the main thing there. So Dalvin Tomlinson's off to a rocky start. That defense is so bad. Bobby, did you give your pick officially? And I interrupted you. So Seahawks minus one and a half. I'm going Vikings plus one and a half. Um I think they're home. I do think that they're going to win this game outright. Um you know they they played the Cardinals well and the Cardinals have a pretty solid team, but their their defense is bad. I mean, Mike Zimmer is going to get fired because his defense is bad and he's a defensive coach. And their offense is one of the best in the National Football League, so it's kind of crazy. They run the ball so well. Their offensive line was working great last week. Um, so I'm just hoping that the Vikings can win in like a you know a, a big a big scoring output here. Daniel. I mean, they should have won last week, but whoever their kicker is had just like I guess the Vikings just can't have a good kicker. It's just yeah, no. impossible at this point. Blair Walsh now, Greg Joseph or whatever his name is. I think that I'm gonna take the Vikings plus one and a half because I agree with Justin. The Vikings offense has looked good, but da- lose it Dalvin Cook possibly this week. That might really hurt them oh, if that they is lose true. Dalvin Cook, Damn. and I lose my number one fantasy option. Yeah, me so too. I'm not okay. I'm not okay with that. But yeah, give me the Vikings. Packers at 49ers. I really struggled with this one, but I'm just remembering all the times the 49ers smacked the crap out of the Packers the last couple of years, and I kind of hate Jimmy Garoppolo right now. But I think they're going to have some. Uh, I think they're going to win this game, so I'm going. I'm going 49ers minus three. Listeners are going Packers plus three. Danny, I mean the Packers have only played. They destroyed the Lions, which they should have done. The Saints, they were embarrassed by. This is their first test. I will also be taken. I will take the Packers plus three, but I believe they will lose this game. You know, the Packers didn't blow out the Lions. No. You know, like I am very interested to see what happens with Green Bay this year. I don't think it's all like, I think Aaron Rodgers is, we talked about it last year. I think he's purposely being like dickish, you know, where he's always been that way, but like he's doing it on purpose. I think maybe he might even just watch Last Dance and been like, yeah, like he might've just been like, hey, just be an asshole. Like that's your thing. Um, Justin, who do you have in this one? Taking 49ers minus three. Um, it was kind of crazy how in the first half of that Lions game, how Aaron Rodgers' average uh, like average intended air yards was like four yards. 
It was <laughs> it was kind of crazy. Um, and I am out on the Packers defense is another team that's kind of struggling to start the year. So give me 49ers minus three. Monday night football for first place in the division. We got Eagles at Cowboys. Cowboys favored by four. Listeners went Eagles plus four. Danny, who do you have in this one? Matt and Cash will also be doing this game, so I'm very excited to hear Eli call a game between two division rivals after watching this team win on Sunday. I will also be taking... I will take Cowboys minus four. Justin? Cowboys look really good. I mean, it's really unfortunate they look really good, really good. But it's a divisional rival game, and wacky things happen. So give me Eagles plus four, but I do think the Cowboys win by three. This is the only one that I didn't have written down what I was going to do before because I really am struggling with this one. I do think the Cowboys are the the favor in the division, and I thought that before this season, even though I expected the Giants to win the division. The thing is, is I've went favorites in six out of my seven picks. You know what? The Eagles kind of got that weirdness about them where I think they're going to play them tough even if they don't win, so I'm going to go Eagles plus four. Boom. That's quick picks. Danny, what is your prediction for the Giants Falcons game, Eli Manning's retirement. I always try to have a photo, and uh, obviously, this photo just looks really weird. It's Eli Manning holding the bucket. I'll turn myself sideways. There it is. There's Eli holding the bucket. All right, I'm going to stay like that for this pick. Uh, First game I've gone to since uh, 2019 against the Philadelphia Eagles. I am very excited to be there. It's going to be an emotional day at the stadium. Eli Manning, all he's done for this franchise. Giants are 0-2. They have to win this game because I don't want to go own free for like the 9 millionth season in a row. Did they go on free? A lot of questions start to be asked. Not only about Dave Gilman, they're always being asked, but Joe Judge and just his coaches Sav as a whole because they got everything they needed to win a win a division. The Giants are going to beat the Falcons on Eli's day. I, I'm going to go 28 to 26 because I don't trust the defense yet. But win for Eli and just win, win a damn football game. Let's not go on free for like what the third, fourth, fifth consecutive year. Let's, I can't do it. Let's, can't we can't do it. it. We just can't do it. It's, it's out of the equation. No more of this. If we go on free, Joe Judge is no different than Pat Shermer and Ben McAdoo before him. How so do you give turn me, the video sideways, Danny? Uh, if you go onto the Zoom thing, and then you hit like uh like your profile name at like the top, where it says like your initials, kind of, like, and then you go uh, settings. And then background and filters back to normal. Yeah, I don't know how to do. It. It. I don't know how to do it. All right, Justin, what's we'll your prediction for this game? You're you're not back to normal, Danny. You're still sideways. <laughs> um, this is an emotional season for a lot of different reasons. You know, week one was already emotional, where that was bigger than football. Between being back at the stadium for more than 700 days and 9/11, and now it's an emotional game because this is really. I mean, this is Danny's first time. You know, back in the stadium, and a lot of people they they chose this game. They paid more money after it was announced that Eli Manning was going to be at this game, and they were going to retire his jersey. People intentionally paid more money to be at this game. So, and they weren't at week one. So, there's going to be even more emotions. I think week week three instead of week one. Don't tarnish it. Don't tarnish it. You know, again, bigger than football, bigger than being zero and two, zero and three. Don't tarnish. Our feelings and our emotions of trying to stay relevant in the month of September. So, um, Giants win. They're going to score 30 points for the first time in the Jason Garrett era. 32-20, Giants win. I retired the tweet. But I will never retire the mindset. 
It's Eli Manning Day. And we have to win. It is must win. Do not let this season die. Do not let this season die. You know what we want to be dead? Falcons. Kill the Falcons. Giants 77, Falcons 0. And we win and we win big. We appreciate you guys. We'll be back Monday with the Victory Podcast. Some of you are going to hear the Victory intro for the first damn time. And the Giants will win. We appreciate you guys. We will see you on Monday. Enjoy your weekend. But until then, let's go Big Blue.